Oh, you're gonna keep me busted this whole time, aren't you? Yep, we're live. We're hey, live. everybody! It's uh, it's uh, Greg here with uh, doing a little special interview. Actually, I'm getting interviewed uh, by Tanika Kirby. She is a life coach. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, life coach. She tries to help people evolve and become, um, maybe become the essence of who they want to be. And she is going to interview me, which I am very, very flattered on, you know, regarding my book. And we're going to talk about some sexual dynamics, chemistry aspects, and also, of course, let's face it, relationship stuff. So please pay attention, listen up, and hopefully you can learn. And I'm sure we're going to laugh if I know Tanika, myself, myself, I'm going to, we're going to laugh. And so enjoy the show. And uh, hopefully you can learn, of course, that's the main thing. I want to help people, as always, as everybody knows, I want to help people learn, grow, and evolve, have the best relationship they have, not only with their partner, but also with themselves, okay? Tanika Kirby, take it away. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much. I am so excited. There we go. I was trying to find this, so I'm doing tech support right now. <laughs> it should um, be. I was trying to find it so we could share it. It should be. I got it. it I public, so you should be able to share it. I hope on your timeline. So I am so working on that right now. So everybody's going to have to bear with me a second. I'm a good multitasker, but not that good. Um, so while I do this, though, uh, I was so excited. Um, I was invited to watch one of your lives one day, and did, and I found that you know we have a lot of uh, similar principles in what we talk about and teach and what we're trying to do to help folks in relationships or those single trying to get into relationships. And then um, I just kind of fell in love with your work. And then I oh. realized you had a book. Oh, the book. I'm blushing. Oh. I'm blushing. Sorry. <laughs> so for those, those on my crew, uh, on my end of things watching, uh, Greg is a licensed professional counselor. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading. Okay. That's how cheesy I am. In a, in a private practice in Detroit, Michigan, he practiced, his practice is called the art of relationship. Oh my way, people are trying to interrupt and I blocked this all out. <laughs> I thought I did. Anyways, uh, he's also known as which I, makes, sparks an interest I think for anybody anyways. Um, he has a vast knowledge in helping clients through traumatic events along with grief and loss. He's flattered and humbled to be helping others, and he hosts his own internet-based radio show, uh, The Art of Relationship Show, which I think we're on right now, right, Greg? I, it, it might be that same format, but I'm not calling it The Art of Relationship Show, because this is your thing. <laughs> this is, well, this is this, this me is interviewing true. you on your own show. How's that? I, I just mean, lost we my could do that. headset. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> we can call it whatever you want. It's your thing. Um, so I read your book uh, for those catching up. Uh-oh. He wrote The Relationship Guide, uh, Tools to Ignite Love and Intimacy. Uh, sticker shock. First of all, I was blown away by the book uh, oh. when I first began oh. reading it. Hold on. Let me it was exactly what I... I got to ask, you were blown away. And I got to ask, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I got to Oh, ask. it was a really great thing. <laughs> I got to ask. No. <laughs> no, it was a great thing. Um, 
at first it was exactly what I expected it to be to talk about, you know, kind of the depths of connecting and communicating and those things. And then there's this whole chunk on sexual intimacy that just kind of set me back. And I'm like, wow, okay, let's go there. <laughs> um, but it's so informative. And with my years of experience, having my own relationships, right, as well as doing a lot of study and coaching, um, I found some interesting questions uh, that I'd like to ask based on some of the knowledge you have in your book. Uh, I did find reasons that you left some information out, um, but that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about several things. We'll see if we can fit it right. all in. Left out. I was trying to hurry up and write the book and get it out there so people would get off my butt, to be honest with you. As a lot of people, as a lot of people know, um, you know, college students of mine, people that know me, clients and all this stuff, for years, uh, I'm, I think I'm flattered or maybe I was being annoyed. <laughs> Greg, you got to write a book. You got to write a book, you know. <clears throat> and then it comes out to... You know, so I wrote the book, okay? And then I, I wrote actually a first book. And then this book is like a, a rent, uh, better situation, if you will. Oh. There you are. I lost oh. you for Yeah. And, um, I, was, I, was and my I wrote uh, one book and then it come out and I'm like, man, this is, I didn't really like it at all. Okay. So what happened? Um I wrote this book right here. So it better, more content, more whatever. And I, I can I can go back and probably edit it every year to add more stuff to it and make it a thousand pages easy. But I want people to get right. to the basics. I don't want people to, I want to get to the point, if you will. I don't like wasting people's time. I want to get right. to the point and help people as much as possible, as quickly as possible, and not going through all the BS, all the song and dance, if you will. I want to help That's people get at the favorite things about this book is that it it's really written for the people, right? It's so easy to read. It's like I'm having a conversation with you. Right. Um, and it's so to the point. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it's it's real, right? It's almost um, I want to use the word street language. Um, so it's just it's it's for everybody, um, and even those that aren't in relationships, right? Like myself, I've been single for a long time, and there's so much in here to gain. Um, but definitely, you can see how it would be an essential tool, if you will, for long-term relationships, for marriages, for even those beginning in a relationship. Um, yeah, holy crap. There's so much, but ready? It's only, I can't even remember. What is it? Like 168 pages. And that's with some stuff with some uh, little tools in the back of the book too. So we talked about that. Yes. It's, it's like 160 and I can't tell whether I shared this or not. I don't know. I tried like five times. I probably shared it 15 <laughs> It's not, I don't know if it's working. Um, it's working. Hoping. We're live on mine. Right. Can you see if I shared it though? I can't. Yeah, we can. So hit me up with uh, what question okay. you want to know. Let me, yeah, let me see if it is on your page. Okay. Go ahead. Ask me questions while, while I try to uh, check, uh, check you out. So we're going to start with, 
talking about emotional safety. Oh, no, nope. um, it's not on your page. I didn't think so. And I can't, it's not working on my computer. Sorry about the tech difficulties, people. We'll get into this uh, real quick. I'm going to try to share it. Um, can you tag? Can you share it onto my page and tag me? Nope. That's what I'm going to try to do. All right. Well, because I keep clicking share and it's not doing a damn thing. <laughs> and it's but that's it's the public too. So, but anyway, sorry about the tech difficulties. We'll get into um, the reality, um, the questions, and everything as well yeah. so okay so we're gonna dig in with emotional stuff because uh I, that's where your book kind of begins i just posted yep just posted so Perfect. it's on there so in here and i'm going to quote this um it's talking about being honest and and sharing things with our partner and creating this emotional safety um and you say we're afraid to bring up the deep emotions and fears that are churning in Side. The sooner we learn to connect these to painful roots and express them from the heart, the more connected we feel in a relationship. So my question is, okay, what happens when we do this? So I personally have experienced literally pouring it all out and, and as raw right. and vulnerable as possible because that's who I am. And it was just not received, not heard, not understood, you know, and, and I mean, what do we do then? Because I, I gave it all, right? Like I poured it out, the roots, the the everything, the meat of it, uh, had nothing left. And it was like, totally missed it. Way overhead, way under feet, whatever. But you know, it says, you know, we can feel more connected in the relationship. I felt so disconnected because I poured my soul out and it wasn't received. And this is one thing to me, and I tell, and I'm, I'm huge. I, I speak from the heart. I'm honest. I'm authentic um, with clients, with everybody, I hope. So I'm honest. And I, I'm very, if I feel something, I'm like you. If I feel something, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to pour my heart out, that type of aspect. And it's going to be real. It ain't fake. It's not just to get a piece of ass. That, oops, sorry. Uh, we're on, if we're on your time, if we're on your timeline, hopefully it's shared okay on there. And, um, you know, looking at that aspect and I'm like you, and I tell people, even with clients, um, I want you to, if you feel it, I want you to give 100% to a relationship or, you know, if you feel it and, you know, speak your truth, speak how you are, where you come from, what you feel. And if it's not received, and this is the big thing, because everyone doesn't want to get rejected. They don't want to get, you know, turned around, made a fool of or be embarrassed if they don't feel the same way, which they might not. But at least I tell people, you spoke your truth. Own that. You know what? Just yeah. own it. Don't feel ashamed about how you feel just because somebody else might not reciprocate. They might not be on the same page. Let's face it. They might not be able to go as deep as you or as, you know, to that level emotionally that you can and you want and you maybe deserve and desire and crave. Now, if they can't, is that person for you or not? Is that person, you know, really what you assume them to be or to meet you and be compatible, let's face it, on emotional level, since we're talking about that, and we'll get into, I'm assuming, the sexual compatibility in a bit. And, um, you know, on that level, Tanika, so I tell people, speak your truth. Don't you know, don't hold back. Don't be ashamed. But it's it sounds easy. 
as you know, we both know, it sounds easy, but it's not because we could get rejected. We could get laughed at. We could, but you know what? I feel this way. Laugh at me. I don't care. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to be ashamed of how I feel. Own it. Okay. Right. So, so the question is, right, because I, I guess I know how, and maybe our viewers don't know necessarily how to be that vulnerable and deal with that. But what my question is, 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 is then what, right? When we feel, and, and it wasn't, I, I wasn't feeling any sort of way about what I did, right? Informally soul out. I felt very mm -hmm. confident in that. Okay. The, 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 the what to do, the question really is then what? Because I did all of this, right? And, and it wasn't received. So I felt like it just fell flat. Like I just dumped it on the ground for nothing. And, and I'm okay with that. However, right? Like, what do I do next? Right? Like, tell is, me why. I say, okay, this isn't compatible. We're, we're not going to, you know, like, or, or do I try again in a different way so that they can receive it better? You know, like, that's the question. Does that make sense? It is. But let me ask, what did you want to feel? Understood. Meaning, okay, what if what if someone is, and I'm actually, I shared the wrong thing, Tanika, on your page, so my apology, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing it now on your page. I apologize. I think I shared yesterday's show. That's all right. You can okay. share yesterday's show. My apologies. Here we go. It should be on your timeline now. But my question is, and I'm going to ask, what, you know, what, did you, what did you want to feel? That's going to be my question to you. You know, what is it that you wanted to feel? You know, let's face it. We want to be reciprocated. You know, we fall madly in love with somebody and everything's there. We want them to feel the same about us. Right. That's a no. Right. But yeah, my question, when you said or asked about, you know, about what you feel, you know, we feel what? What did you feel when you opened up your heart? You poured your heart out and it just was met with like, eh, okay, so what? Oops. You get me? It might not have been reciprocated. It might not, that person might not have been able to get to the level, the depths of you. Right. It's not a right well, or wrong, but what did you feel? Let me ask you this. Now it looks like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the intention. Um, it was just to, to ask a question that seemed, I don't know, maybe predicting to the advice given, right? Because I've done that and that's not the results I got. Um, what did I feel? I almost feel like it's irrelevant, right? Like I felt like I said A and he heard B, even though like I poured it out as clearly and in depth as I really could have. Right. Um, and, and, and it was like, what do I do now? Right. What did you, I said A, he heard B, C, D, whatever else. What did you want to do? What would make you feel more comfortable in your own skin expressing that on an emotional level? Like I said, that you, this is how I feel. I'm not going to walk away from it. I'm not going to run. I'm going to own it. Sounds easy. Yeah. It, it sounds very easy, but it's not. And this is where I want people to get at. Even if you, you know, I, I use this, forget about romantic relationships. Even if you're in a, you have a toxic relationship with your mother, your father, a sister, brother, a relative, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. it's, and I tell people it might be hard. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. We don't want to get hurt. Nothing at all but i want you to be able to speak your truth and if somebody doesn't care about that or wants to disrespect you because of you speaking your truth or using it against you throw it in your face 
or you know manipulating you because of, oh i know she loves me and i i can sort of wrap her around my finger and disrespect her no i feel this way but you're still not going to disrespect me it's that balance between giving your all but also giving your all to yourself so you're not disrespected you're not allowing someone to play you manipulate you that's the goal where i want people to be at mm -hmm. it sounds easy it's not it's about you know building each other and our own let's face it our own self-worth our own self-love and self-respect you know right and and, and it's so funny because it's still right like i felt okay i felt disappointed i guess mm -hmm. it is a great answer i felt Your disappointed voice? absolutely that it wasn't received, but I still felt great about self, right? I did feel good that I that I did what I did. Anyways, let's move on. Thank you for touching on that, though. The next one, the significance of presence. So I, I wrote pages. You're going to have to bear with me. This is my first time interviewing somebody, so work with me here. Um, you talk about being present, and you're – you know, and it's about the emotional safety. I know you're physically here, but your mind is somewhere else. Correct. Um, I want you to just talk a little bit about why being present mentally, emotionally, physically is so important for a relationship and what happens when that's gone. It's crucial. It's, um, let's face it, when we've been there, right? And I, I get couples all the time, <clears throat> maybe my own life, I'm guilty of this maybe too. Where mm -hmm. you can sit next to each other and you have people all the time. Well, we were right next to each other, but you're not there. You're both on your right. phones, you're that type of thing. Or one person's trying to talk and you're on your phone, you're looking away, you're daydreaming about something else. That's what I mean about mm -hmm. presence. And I think, I hope I put this in a book. I can't remember. <laughs> I should remember, right? But I tell well, I just you, I'll you, let you know. You it's not gonna be there 24-7. Okay, we're human. You, we try the best we can. You want to be there majority of the time, a high percentage of the time. It's crucial. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have laps, but if there is a lapse, I want you to own that and apologize. It, it's, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I should have been listening, whatever, no excuses, not trying to justify why you weren't just apologize and try to pay better attention. Okay. And pressing is huge. Are you actually listening to listen are you listening to try to gain awareness with that person gain knowledge what they're feeling what they're thinking what their experience was about an event or what they're talking to you about but it's also about you know being playful with each other joking around with each other and some people can be very playful and they notice that their partner or whoever is annoyed or they have a frustrated a anger pissed off look on their face and you don't pay attention to that and you keep you get me it's about you trying to tickle or whatever and you don't care that they're annoyed that they're frustrated that's about being present about paying attention to the nonverbal aspects of facial expressions uh maybe voice tone and again you know being present is also we might assume one thing right we might take things out of perspective right but are yeah. we paying attention to you know, why are you mad at me? Instead of, oh my God, and we fight back and all that. That's about being present and trying to understand what is going on with our partner. And there's times, Tanika, you probably can relate that, you know, you can not say a word, 
and still be present with each other by holding each other, pressing each other, that you still feel each other there and you don't have to say a word. So it yeah. it's different for everybody, if that makes so sense. So one, one of the biggest issues that I personally have been encountering lately is literally the absence of right so they want to build this relationship and have let's you know like all the things that come with a relationship without be actually being to build the relationship can you be more specific what do you mean they want everything that comes along with it, it it's um okay so yeah i mean i can't believe i'm going here but we'll go there right so it's almost like a booty call but it's not right they they yeah. want the relationship. They want me to be committed to them. They they want me to be theirs, right? To be their girlfriend, to only be seeing them, only be engaging with them. You know, that, that full level of commitment, which I understand I want that too. Uh, they, they want to build this relationship where I want to choose them and only them, right? right. And, and I want to get to that place. But I feel like a, a lot of what I'm dealing with right now is they want this, but they're not showing up to build the relationship, right? Like I'm on the job, I'm here, let's build. And, they're and they're not showing up, right? They're showing up when it's convenient for them. So, th so that's what I'm being specific about is they want to build this, but they're not here to build, right? They're not present. They're not showing up, whether it's talking on the phone or video calls or in person, which I found for myself in person is most important because I don't feel like you can build a relationship yeah. without you being here to build the relationship with me. It's so crucial and it's different. Even doing, uh, you know, with the grid and everything in Michigan is uh, Michigan got hit hard, big time. And yeah. uh, with the COVID and the virtual, even with clients, you know, I miss the vibe. You feel that vibe with people face to face, like you're saying. And I have, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people doing the virtual, you know, dating and virtual. It, it's just so different. You could get along great, but in person, that chemistry might not be there. It might not be. It's just different. It's different. Well, and, and you can't you can't build. I mean, you can build to a depth, right? So I, I was engaged, and my uh, my man worked out of town, but we had already established a relationship, so we were able to continue to and build it. But in beginning, right? And I know that you know I'm I'm a single woman, so this is a little bit different than you know in relationships. But right. it's the building of right, and that's where I'm going to talk from most of this interview is that. This is, you know, this is where I'm at. And this is not working for me. <laughs> but thank you for touching on that. I'm going to keep going. Um, okay. I'm going to open a can of worms. So you talk about doing the little things, which are really important. I agree, right? They write songs about this. Give a little love. It's the little things that are important. Um, but how... And and you talk about like, hey, are you okay? And we just talked about this, you know, being present, noticing the facial expressions and things like that. Right. So how do we, how do we handle, right? And this is for our viewers because I kind of know how to handle it myself. But how do we handle the, I'm fine response, right? Like, oh, it's nothing. You're I'm fine. About, you're talking about women, right? No, <laughs> not <laughs> men do it too. Men do it too. Men do it too. That's why I'm laughing. I joke. Which which segregates. So let me put let me put two questions in one because this is great because this is another one. You talk in the end like a how to what do we do right, um, right. about continue to talk to each other deeply, not just about the kids, the weather, the work, right? Right. And and so how do we get men to talk deeply? So those two things, right? One is how do we handle those? I'm fine, very shallow. I don't want to get into this responses. 
And then also, how do we get men to open up and talk a little bit more deeply? I think women are better at it, but it does go both genders, right? I agree. And I, let's face it, for the most part, women are a lot better at this. And there are men, I mean, myself, I can talk. I, I love deep conversations. I have no problem talking about anything um, deep, how I feel, what I want, what I need, that type of thing. If you want to talk about emotionally, sexually, that type of thing. But some men, let's face it, they're not. They're not as great communicators or as good of communicators as a lot of women. And both women, you know, we all know what FINE stands for. They put it all over as far on Facebook and everything else. Uh, what it, FINE means, eh, irrational. You know, I'm going to, you know, all the, you know, all the analogies for what FINE represents. And this is one thing I tell people I want you to be able to challenge. And, you know, oh, oh I'm fine. You know what? I, you know what? I get you say you're fine, but your body's telling me something different. I see your facial expressions tell me you're not. Just want to make sure I want, what can I do to make it, you know, that you can talk to me about anything that you, if you're upset at me, pissed off, hurt by me, I want to hear it. Some people don't want to hear the truth. And it comes down to, you know, even that fine situation that they say, oh, I'm fine. And you know, they're not fine. You feel it in your gut that they're not fine. Hey, Tony. Hey, what's up, Devin? I, I, this is not my interview, so I don't want to get props. <laughs> no, you're fine. Say hi. What's up? But um, looking at these situations, I want people to be able to challenge it. And it's one thing, this is one thing I found maybe more so with women. Oh, I'm fine. Guy walks away and uh, the lady is pissed off at the guy. Oh, you don't even care, whatever. Well, you told me I'm fine because right. they're not paying attention to the nonverbals, the voice tone, you know, maybe the rolling of the eyes, all those aspects, or they're hurt, they're sad pissed off, whatever. And that's where I challenge people. You know what? Go after it. You know what? I get you're not fine. I can tell I can. And some people, this is what's very difficult. And it's not a one size fits all regarding this because some people just want to be left alone and they can come back and talk about it. But if that's the case, I meant you need to be able to say, you know what? Just give me a moment and we'll talk about it later. I want you to be able to speak that because your partner cannot read your mind. Men, women, doesn't matter. I want you to be able to say, you know what? Maybe I'm not fine, but just give me a minute. And then don't pressure. A lot of people will want to pressure and get it out because they can't handle that anxiety. That's where I want people to self-soothe and look at, okay, I'm giving them a minute. I don't want to make it worse. But then you have to come back and re, you know, you have to come back in engage when you know in re relation to tanika when you said about the fine aspect oh i'm fine and you know your partner is not go after right. go after it from care and compassion that type of aspect and when they say that does your partner feel judged you know do they feel judged by you if you're or do they get defensive if you say you know what i don't feel loved i don't feel respected by you and also oh yeah screw you and it turns into this well so I, I think, and, and this is my own personal experience though, right, mm -hmm. is I found a lot of guys know that there's conflict behind the words I'm fine. Yeah. And it's easier for them to just accept I'm fine and walk away because they don't want to get engaged in that conflict. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about these things before we get into the sexual stuff is because, right, if I'm fine, I don't want to have sex with you. Why not? Right? Why not? Because... I don't feel like it. 
uh, because I'm fine, right? I'm not okay, and you need to fix it. Well, no, and me, or, I mean, why? What's going on? What can I do that you'd want to have sex with me? Is Aww. it kissing you here, kissing you there? Is it about what? Compliments, affirmations? Is it about, you know what? How can I respect you more? Right. How, yeah. And then that, I mean, you just, you just did it, guys. What he just said, right? Oh my gosh. Um, so, so now we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> because I, it's so important that we do these things, right? And it's not just foreplay, which foreplay is great, but there's got to be that safety created that connection created because i'll tell you especially for women speaking from being one uh if i'm pissed off at you hurt by you disappointed whatever the last thing i want to do is get on my knees for you that's it right so you fix this hold, hold on hold on hold on i'm sorry i just went off daydream <laughs> for a bit i'm sorry <laughs> okay hold on <laughs> okay i'm back i'm back <laughs> One question. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can do this. Yes. Um, I agree. And that's where men need to understand this. And women, women, you need to be able to speak from this. Men, a lot of men, this is one stereotype I get into. And to be able to go after as far as... um the depth. We talked about the depth and all this aspect, right? And you need to be able to ask, and I talked about this on my show a couple of weeks ago, maybe, about questions of concern and care. And it's not just for your benefit. You get me? So if a woman thinks you're only doing something to get a piece of ass, they're going to shut down. They want to know you're connected and you care what's going on with them. And it's about them and being that, you know, connected during sex. And let's face it, the safety aspect, a lot of women, if you don't feel safe, guess what? You're going to have problems enjoying yourself. It might hurt. And let's face it, if you don't feel safe, ladies, you're not going to be able to orgasm. And if you're with a guy that don't care about that, pfft, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, why? You get me? Are they coming? Next and that's where guys need to come from a place of care and concern. It's got to be authentic. It can't be just fake. It needs to be real and go after me. You know, what does your lady need to feel safe and secure outside the bedroom? And of course, inside the bedroom and everybody's different. Don't assume because you were with, let's face it, one woman, two women, or a guy, guys too. This goes for women. It's not a gender yeah. bias thing. Well, it does. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It totally goes for both genders. There was uh, a situation in my life recently even, uh, well, not that recently, but recently enough, where, you know, we, we were getting hot and heavy, and I could tell he really wasn't that into it. And, and this is actually a conversation that I think is really important. I know that, you know, guys complain because women don't get into it. They're not getting wet. But I also see the same thing for mentally and emotionally with men that they don't get as erect as they could. You know, like they may think they want it. Right. But they're physically like their body's not responding because their emotions aren't really in it or aren't really there or they can't really do it. Right. And and so this definitely goes both ways. And I'll tell you how I personally as a woman addressed it. I was like, "Hun, what's really going on? Right, like stop. This isn't going anywhere. Let's talk about what's going on, and then maybe, right, if we can get through this, right. Um, which is, it's awkward, right? Like I felt a little bit. I'm like, uh, do I really want to ruin this? Do I keep playing it out? Do we really fake this out, or do I just say, you know what, this is bullshit. 
this is clearly not working. Let's talk right. about what's working and why. What's underneath it? And that's where I want people to go after. But they'll, they'll sit on the surface. They won't go to that depth that you asked about earlier, you know, about talking about depth, the, the fear, the insecurity, the whatever. And there's, let's face it, a lot of guys, uh, just like women, you know, performance aspects. I want to please. And if I don't, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not man enough. I'm not, all these things go through a lot of men's heads. And right. a lot of women assume, right, that they should be, when the wind blows, they're ready to go. And that's not always the case. And if you don't say a guy is nervous or whatever happens, whatever, he doesn't get erect, you know, and also, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You're not mad. Uh, you, you, you know, they I, attack. What's going to happen to that guy if there is a next time? Can you go after it? Oh, is everything okay? And you go out of care and compassion. But a lot of times, if he's not erect, the woman will attack the guy because why, Tanika? Because they're, they're worried that it's about them. Right? They're worried that I'm not turning you on enough. They're insecure. Am I too fat? Is it the way my face looks? Is my, am I, you know, am I having hygiene problems? Like, I, I'm a woman. I know what we think, right? And as soon as we start thinking those things, it's it's over and then, for us. I mean, you had a re-engage start before play all over again. And women are, women are pros at either shutting off or... They will attack and make that other person because they don't want to feel, well, no one wants to feel attacked, hurt, embarrassed. Uh, all our insecurities are right, you know, right at the top uh, that we're puking them out. No one wants to feel that. But instead of, you know, going with that and going, it might not have anything to do with you. But if you go after a care and concern and not rip each other apart and criticize, it can make things so much easier and safer to talk about anything. Well, and I think that really comes from like we talked about a little bit is is really being comfortable with self, right? It's so important to yeah. be comfortable with yourself and say like I've I've had uh, you know a, a handful of experiences where the guy I'm going to show I'm going to say didn't show up ready, right? Because he was dealing with mental stuff or emotional stuff or maybe even past baggage stuff or maybe it was something I said earlier in the evening or or whatever, right? Where I could tell that they really weren't here, right? They weren't present, um, and do what i said absolutely i agree yeah and and you know and it was it, it was learned it's practiced for me to not take it personally right like i used to and this is way over share i used to take it really personally if a guy didn't get off quickly i'm like uh oh i'm not pleasing him right i'm not doing my job right like ah what's wrong with me and that what's wrong with me would eat me alive I and need, then I learned, okay, I need well, that issue. <laughs> do what? I said, I need that issue. <laughs> Not to get off so quick, right? <laughs> it, it, it's a tricky line there. It was a very tricky line there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Talk to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going because I have so many interview questions. I should have made them way less. Um, okay. I want One thing I really want to address. Yes. Relationships are all encompassing, right? Mind, body, spirit, soul, all the things. I would, um, I would the hope so. really is then what? Because, uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear me in okay. the background. <laughs> so they're all encompassing, but what do we do when the only thing working in the relationship is sex? Chances are, let's face it, and there, there's a lot of people, a lot of couples over the years working with, that's the only thing they have in common is great sex life. And I tell people, yeah. 
it's very, very rare, and you might be able to relate to this too, Tanika. The sex can be great, but after that, it gets to a point where, you know what? It's going to deteriorate. You're, you're, if you can't talk, it's going to come out in the bedroom sooner or later. It is There are couples that they've been together 20 plus years. Their sex life is still great, but that's the only thing they have. And that's yeah. rare because that's most people, that's, that's the, a very, very low percentage. Okay. I'm talking probably 1% of relationships. Chances are that, you know what? People want more than great sex. If they're always arguing, if they're always fighting, if they're always connect, you know, not connecting emotionally or feeling like cared about, except in the bedroom, whatever, chances are the sex life is going to go right down the toilet with it. Let's just face it. So, right. and it's one of those things too. Let's do the opposite. Everything else is great. I've had couples, everything is great. They trust mm -hmm. friends. They haven't had sex in four years, six years. They're living as roommates. Again, if you're okay with that, that's not for me to say it's wrong. Right. Not at all. But for me personally, I'll be like deuces, peace, no. But, and it's looking at, it's what you want. You get me? It's what's important to each individual. And if sex is a crucial element to you and sharing yourself, your body, your mind, heart, soul, all that aspect, you want to be with someone that has that same type of intensity or the same value and beliefs about that, or it's going to create issues. And it, and that goes for, let's face it, any facet of a relationship, emotionally, intellectually, and of course, sexually. No right. one's going to meet our needs 100%. That's a myth. No one is going to do that. But you want, you know, a high percentage in place on those areas, or you're going to create, it's going to create issues big time. Now, I'm not talking again, perfection, not at all. Right. right. No. And, and, and I, I, I've said this to a lot of my own clients. I say, okay, if I take away the sex in your relationship, what do you have now? And it's funny because, you know, I hear often, well, nothing. And I'm like, well, is that what you want in a relationship? You know, what happens if one of you gets in a car accident and can't have sex for the next year and a half or longer? Or the you rest, of your, a relationship? rest of your life. But can you have sex other ways? Is sex just... Look at you get creative. Right? Is sex just penetrative? Oral, manually, toys, uh, kissing. You can still be intimate with one another, even if you are not able to have penetrative sex. Yeah. I, I'm on board. I got you. Every, everybody's assuming it's just penetrative sex. And, you know, most women don't get off with uh, penetrative sex. It's more, let's face it, orally. Getting early, please. Manual stimulation, maybe toys, combination of both. So, or all of the above, right? Whatever works and that you're comfortable with. Oh, hell um, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. However, in chapter 14, you start with something like, fuck. What? You see this? I can't even do it. Uh, fuck me hard, suck my cock, blah, 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 right? You have lots of statements like yeah. this, but yeah. these, these words, these languages um, used in the right context, right, can be a great way to stimulate the imagination and to express what you want with your partner. Um, so you, you talk about this, but I want to talk about it a little bit more because there was a time when I was brave enough, right, and this was years ago, yeah. that I used some language like this and I quote, 
my husband at the time said, if I went, if I wanted a slut, I would have married one. Oh my God. See, so and that, let's let's talk about how do how do we handle uh, that response? Because I think a lot of us have the courage, right, to say these things or behave in these ways that we think are going to stimulate our relationship sexually, and then to have it received that way or responded to that way. What do we do to handle that better? Right? That, like this was years ago for me, and I've handled it. But what do you think? And that that tells me. I look at these aspects, and you know, it, it's about talking about sexual compatibility. Okay. And I look mm -hmm. at, you know, some people, and I'm not saying you have to do this or say this, whatever, but I look at about sexual, sexual maturity, you know, and it has nothing yeah. to do with age. It has to do with emotional maturity, what you want. And this is about sexual compatibility. And if you are not sexually compatible, there's a difference between you can have eh, okay sex and then great connected. Oh my God, sex. And it's not going to be all the time. It's about knowing what each other wants. And that doesn't, because you say, fuck me or suck my cock, doesn't make you, you know, a slut, an ass. Not at all. You know, it's, and you have some people that are, let's face it, that are more conservative, that are, do I want to use the word prudish? Mm, that might be rude or maybe labeling. And I don't want to do that. We'll just say more conservative. And they, their belief is sex should be all, you know, missionary, I love you. And, you know, that's it. There's no playfulness. There's no, right. no rough, raw, animalistic type of aspect. And again, I don't want to disrespect anybody. It's, it's about no. how, what you want in your life. But again, if you want dirty talk, and that's where that came from in the book about talking dirty to each other and going to a different level, almost carnal, raw, you know, it can really liven each other up. However, because you're comfortable with it, as you said, I love to hear that. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Um, hell till a yes. And um, now I lost my train of thought. Sorry, but you also have to look at, you know, your partner. Are they okay with that? Are they shy about that? Do they not know how to handle it, or you know, do they have misconceptions? And this is one thing, you know, I talk about, and this goes into not only talking dirty, whatever, all of a sudden that stops when you're married or you have a child together. Well, I can't talk to her that way because she's the mother of my kid or or women. I'm a mother now. I can't talk this way. I can't let my my husband or boyfriend talk to me at that way. I'm a mother. What would we think? And you're still a woman. No. You're still a woman. And why would that change because of the status type aspect? What right. would that why would that change? You know, but it, it's weird. I don't think it's intentional. It's just like mm -hmm. the mindset, like, you know, your ex-husband, maybe it's glad he's your ex that, um, oh my God, if I wanted to marry a slut, I, I'm like, why wouldn't you embrace that? And that goes with, you know, the mindset and maybe the value system that you look at. And again, it's not a right or wrong, but you need to be with someone that is, has the same values and maybe moral compass that you do. And they're, if they're far apart and extreme like that, that's going to stymie. It's going to make yourself stagnant as an individual. You're not going to be able to grow and explore and become more, more comfortable in, in your right. skin, how you want to be. And develop my sexuality. Is what we're talking about. So the advice I was sitting here thinking as, as you're, as you're speaking and, and the advice right. I would have given myself then, right. If I could, 
tell her what to do, say whatever. Yeah. I would have I would have told her instead of surprise factor, open the dialogue and say, hey, honey, I've been thinking about doing something like this. Uh, how do you feel about that? Right. Yeah, um, I would love and maybe get some feedback because that could have saved me a lot of what was shame at that point in my life. It's, it's very different now. Good. Don't feel. But <laughs> Thank you. And I uh, to feel shame and shut down. And what does that do to your sexuality? Guess what? I'm closed off. I don't feel safe. Oh, I, you know, I quit wearing. I quit wearing lingerie. I quit saying anything related to anything. Uh, that was the thing, right? Is like I was trying to spice things up. Our marriage was falling apart, and so I put some lingerie on, turned on some music, started dirty dancing and talking to him all kinds of ways. And yeah, and yeah. he's like yeah. sitting there really at a case. Like, if I wanted to slut, I would have married one. And I'm like. I'm going to bed. That was, that was, that was rough. Anyways, and just, it shuts you down because you're not allowing your, or maybe you're not allowing yourself to be the person you want to be, but then your partner is not allowing that. Or that was, that was really hard then. Right. But I, yes. Go ahead. Nope. I'm done. I want to talk to you about something that I have tried to talk to a lot of gentlemen about both in my own relationships and coaching and it's always been a really difficult subject uh you write about it so i want <clears throat> i want you to, to share a little bit um about men and backdoor pleasure with homosexuality right so yes. um i've heard right and i used to actually be uh, an, a romance enhancement specialist i sold products and toys and all kinds oh, of things yeah. and i know there's a huge market of men that enjoy um anal pleasure anal uh, and then there's this yes as equal market of men that are like i'm not gay don't touch me there blah, blah, blah. and i feel like they're missing out on this world of you know an intense pleasure that might be for them but they won't open mind to it so can you talk to me a little bit about that Yes, there's a huge, huge misconception. And it's, you know, anal play is not for everybody, okay? Men, women, you have a choice, whatever. But my thing is, what is getting in the way of you trying it? If you like, you know, you might like it. And I ask, you know, is that the problem that you actually might like it? <laughs> That's the actual issue. Of it. And it doesn't, I tell people, it has nothing to do with your sexuality. It's who your your sexuality is not about what is done to you, what you like, what you don't like. It has to do, you know, your sexual orientation, if you will. It has to do with who you're attracted to and who you want to do those things to you. So talking about anal play, there's a lot of nerve endings. And I'm sure, you know, that can be very, very pleasurable uh, for men, for women. And it has nothing to do with being, you know, gay you know, that type of thing. It has to do what you enjoy and who you enjoy it with. So it can be very pleasurable. And it's one of those things that you're right. A lot of men, there's men that are, you know, that love it, that like it. And there's men that are, oh my God, no way, I'm not gay. And it has nothing to do with your sexual orientation. And it's a huge myth. And there's a lot of us throughout the country. I could, you know, Dr. David Lay, Justin Lima, there are other, you know, sexual professionals in the that didn't sound right. Sectional research and <laughs> sex therapist professionals in the, in the realm. There we go. Um, that, you know, we talk about this aspect and we promote getting away from the taboo about, you know, the myths. There's a lot of myths out there that are generated, let's face it, from decades and centuries old that if you like this, you're labeled as gay, lesbian, not at all. And that's where I try to break through men um, 
the, you know what, if you like it, your lady would like to try it. And there's some women out there that, you know what, their men want, want to try it. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, it's gross. It's, it's taboo. It's, it's only the, you know, only the outdoor, if you will, all these taboos and it, you could be missing out on some great pleasure. But again, I don't judge. It's up to each individual to want to expand their horizons. And my question to everybody regarding this is what is getting in the way of that in your beliefs and your value systems? I want you to be able to challenge them. Where did you learn this stuff from? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it a myth? Is it factual? Or is it just right. in your own head to keep you, you know, in that comfort zone? Comfort zone. I think that's the word. All right, so we're gonna switch gears just a little bit. I'm gonna try and get the rest of these questions in quickly. Um, piece of ass, being somebody's piece of meat, right? You talk about that a lot throughout your book, how uh, both sexes can feel like they're just a piece of meat to yep. their partner. Um, hey, will you turn that off now? Thank you, sorry. <laughs> um, I have kids home uh, and they've for the most part been out of this room so that I could have this conversation, but I, I talk pretty openly with them as well, just not the same language. <laughs> um, anyways, Terrific. We, we talk about, uh, you talk in your book a lot about feeling like a piece of meat or a piece of ass or whatever. Yeah. And in both genders feel this way. I've had lots of conversations myself with clients or friends or partners that have felt this way. Um, and I, I want to challenge uh, our viewers really to ask, you know, themselves, is this the only way that I actually feel their levels of attention or love or, or needing or wanting me? Because in my own experience, right, coming from a sexually traumatized childhood, that was the only thing I assimilated with really wanting me or giving me attention. And, and they worth. were giving me attention in other ways and they were wanting me in other ways. They wanted me for my mind and my other things, but I couldn't get outside of that perspective. So I thought I was just a piece of meat, right? So I wanna challenge anybody out there that's watching this that feels like they're a piece of meat to ask, is this the only way that you feel like you're important to them? Because oftentimes it's our perception that that's how they see us when that's not really how they see us at all. Tanika, I, I love that. And that, that's great. I want people to ask, you know, is it just coming from me? And, you know, with yeah. the, the, the piece of meat or a piece of ass aspect, of course, I'm, I'm asking, you know, I want that partner to ask, you know, I just feel like a piece of meat, whatever. Okay. Can you, what am I doing to make you just feel like a piece of meat? Okay. An example might be, well, the only, only time you touch me is when you want to have sex. The only time you want to kiss me or, you know, maybe caress me is when you want sex. So I feel like a piece of ass. And that tells me the emotional aspect is, let's face it it's disconnected. It's either yeah. missing or it's lacking significantly. And that's where that comes from. Oh, the only time you talk to me and it's communication, it's all that emotional heart and soul entities, if you will, that is missing that you just, oh, you only want to see me or talk to me or spend time with me if I'm blowing you or, you know, have having sex with you. And that's yeah. where that comes from. A piece of meat, and I, I get that. Is this only my perception? I, you know, I worked with so well, many. Well, and I think, yeah, I think, Greg, you're you're tying this into maybe that's the only time they feel like their partner's present, right? Huh. Absolutely. I mean, it's exactly the same thing as what I'm hearing, right? Like, if they're only present when we're clothes are coming off, like, what the fork? 
I want you to be present when my clothes are on. I want you to be yeah. present while I'm sick. I want you to be present while I'm having the best day of my life and the worst day of my life. Absolutely. I want you to be present, not just when my clothes are coming off. I mean, that goes both genders. And sometimes in a good part, and I want to, you know, quickly, you have to look at what present means, just like intimacy, anything else. You have to be more specific on what that means to you. What do you want me to do to show you I am present, that I am, that you are not a piece of meat or a piece of ass. And oh my God, everybody is different. Everybody assumes, right? Stereotypes. This is where I want, and ladies, you have to be very literal with men, most men, not me, I'm different. And spell it out with the crayon if you need to. You need to, a lot of men are very literal. You need to touch me like, you know, write it out. And I had a woman, uh, Greg, what do you want me to do? Write him a fucking note? And I said, yeah, or maybe you can tell him and, he can, the and he can write his own note. And I, I want men to learn to not, you know, to sort of, read between the lines, but I also want women to understand, you know, be specific. You need to be specific. Don't be so general. I want you emotionally present. And the guy's like, huh, what? <laughs> you need to be specific. What the hell does that mean? And that, and even men, you need to be specific too. And get yeah. down to the nitty gritty. You know, I like this. I want that. This is what I mean by emotionally close, physically close. This is what I mean. There's no shame in it, but a lot of people, let's face it, they feel like, they don't have a right to say what they want, what they need, what they desire, because they're going to, like you said, embarrassed. And this is, you know, women feeling like a piece of meat and their partner doesn't even know it. Right. No, it's so important to communicate, especially those hard things. And honestly, like, I feel like if you're burying stuff and you're not letting it come up, it's eventually going to come up either way. But yeah. it's 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 the molehill that you can get over versus the mountain that's going to tear you apart, right? Yeah. At least that's my perspective. So, about learning from each other. Yeah, really hard subject that I know a lot of people need to talk about, probably more than they are. Uh, and I think we can shed some light here. Cheating. Um uh, I, I want to touch on like one part of it. Okay. We often understand that when we cheat or they cheat or whatever, right? That the partner and you say, quote unquote, needs to eat shit for a few months, a month or whatever. It's not did a I, determined amount of time, right? Did I say that? So they got to they gotta sleep in the bed they made, right? They got to no. deal with their consequences of the actions. The other party, whoever was cheated on is going to be hurt, is going to have, a, you know, feel betrayed and yes. all these different things. So um, I, I want to talk about how long in reality that should last because there um, – I know that there's like no timeline, but um, I will tell you from personal experience as well as coaching experience that I've seen this uh, betrayed partner, right? Making the cheater eat shit for years. And, and, and they've dwindled that person down to where they're so, I mean, just <coughs> dismantled and depressed and miserable. And they don't even want to be in the relationship anymore, right? I mean, it's becoming a Stockholm syndrome because this person has just laid the eat shit on th so thick. So where where do we bridge that, right? Where do we bridge that back into a healthy relationship? This is where I tell people it's very subjective. Everybody wants a cut and dry answer to this. It should be this. Everybody's different. Every relationship is different. Every individual is different. When I talk about, and I say that this is how I talk with clients. You know what? The person that did the betraying, they need to eat shit about that trust issue. What they broke, that doesn't mean everything else. It, I want to make that clear. 
right? That still does not, because you eat shit doesn't mean you allow yourself to be disrespected by your partner. You're going to get maybe yelled at, screamed at, whatever. You can say, you know what? You have to show genuine remorse and guilt big time. And I tell people, you know what? If you, the more you show genuine remorse and guilt and compassion and empathy for the pain you caused your partner, the quicker the faster and the more solidified the healing can take place. What if they don't have it? And if that doesn't happen, you, I'm what if I, they don't have it? I mean, literally, I they don't people, feel remorse. They don't feel guilt. They don't feel people, any of those things. Then I tell people, good luck, because chances are it's always going to be there. And it's just a matter of time that the relationship, either you're going to get the person that did the betraying, like you said, they're going to get sick of, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this to me it's going to deteriorate and the other person is going to feel like the other person don't care. They don't give a shit rightfully. So, so my right. question is why would you want to be with somebody like that? Again, that's not my decision to make. Not at all. No, Bias, but it's, not but it's up to you. But going back to, like you said about the time frame, there, there's a, a thing I talk about. There's people that, um, they're the prisoner. <laughs> I call them the war, warden prisoner situation to where, just like you said, they want to hold that person hostage for what they did the rest of their life, right? Throw it in their face, blame them, bash them. That's not healthy for anybody. Okay. Right. And then there's ones that ignore it. I get my, you know, I get in my office. Oh, great. One session. Everything's fine. Great. Like nothing happened. I get a call four months later. It's still, it's an issue because they didn't deal with it. Then the ones are brave. They look at, you know, okay. They look at why, what caused it, what was going on, and they work together to try to evolve their relationship and heal that if possible. There has to be genuine remorse and guilt. The more you right. do that, and it could be, I get people, oh, my God, Greg, I already said I'm sorry. It, it, oh, my God, it's been a week. Let it go. And I'm like, it don't work that way. You, no, and I think something, oh, sorry, something God. really important here is that, I, and I know from experience, right, having been betrayed, uh, I, I wanted so badly to make him feel what I was feeling so that he could understand. However, I found that is literally impossible. And I only felt like shit because that's not authentic with who I am yeah. to make another person hurt like that. But I didn't, he wasn't understanding the pain he was causing me and he was okay with it. There was no remorse. There was no guilt. And I just wanted so badly for him to get it right. That I was doing things out of alignment, out of character for myself to try and get him to feel the same thing. And I mean, what do you say to that? Like how do we as the betrayed handle those situations better in a more healthy and authentic way. And, and this is one thing I want the person that was betrayed. They got a right to feel what the devastation, uh, you know, let's face a catastrophe. They got a right to feel. And the one you have a right to speak your mind. And if that partner doesn't want to hear that pain and everything, you know what? You need to talk to a professional, someone else to try to get that out of you. And my question is, if your partner that did the betraying don't want to hear it, doesn't want to try to connect with that pain, why are you with them? Why would you want to be with them? Oh, I love him. I love her, Greg. I get it. I understand that. But that's where that self-worth and self-respect comes in. And it's not easy. And going back to, I tell people all the time, and this could relate to any betrayal, okay? Um, one person could feel... That, okay, I, I hurt my partner and they feel at a level, maybe three, but in reality, that level is a 10. Catastrophic. You need to understand and learn and try yeah. to ask, 
I want to know how bad you're hurt. I want to know, tell me, you know, tell me what you feel. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't, you know, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't ever want to devastate you again. I don't want to cause this pain for you. And you have to keep you, the more you repeat that, the more, and this is part of the eating shit I talk about. The more you show that remorse and the care that you hurt that person. And it's not just for you to get off the hook, the quicker and faster and more solidified that the healing from say cheating can take place. And there are people, I'm honest, there are people that the betrayer can do everything perfect to show remorse and guilt for a long time and might not ever get over it. That's rare. And I stack that deck against that happening, but it does happen where some people just, they can't get over it. That's so great. I have a lot more questions, but I want to know if you have a little bit more time because I know I we're time. at an hour now. I have time. You have time? I appreciate oh, good. asking. Yeah, I, I have a little time, yes. Okay. So the next question, it's, it's, we're going to stick in this um, cheating subject for just a minute. Um, oftentimes, my clients and, and myself as well from personal experience, right? Yes. When we've been betrayed, we ask the why question that you talk about in your book. You know, you want to know why and all these things to work through it, which for those just tuning in, we are I'm interviewing Greg about his uh, the relationship guide, tools to ignite love and romance or love and intimacy. Um, he talks about many great things right now. We're on the subject of cheating, which he talks about and how to kind of repair the relationship. Um, and one of the things that I found and you talk about it a little bit, but I want you to expand on it here. Um, we often want the, the why they did it to be as dramatic as the pain we're feeling. And, so, and, and, and I tell people, we have to look at, there's three things I get at and there's other people talk about other things, whatever, <coughs> excuse me. One thing I want to make clear. The adage, once a cheater, always a cheater, that is so not true. I'm going to tell That's you, not. okay, that is so not true. But it's important to look at, okay, what was the reason you cheated? What caused it, okay? That doesn't justify it, doesn't condone it. How we feel, we might feel not loved, not desired, not appreciated, not respected for whatever, a long time. That still does not give us the right to go out and cheat. Whatever, not at all. How we feel, but what we do with that, we need to own that. It's not a blame game. It's not, that doesn't give us the right to do it. But going back, you know, because if you don't know what caused it, what do we have to work with? What's going to help your partner know that you're not going to do it again? Especially, you don't know why you cheated and you don't show any remorse or guilt. Are you kidding me? But yet, you want your partner to trust you again. Hell no. You know what? If your partner does, I'm going to, I'm honest. They're foolish. They're foolish. Why would they try right. you? I get you. They might tell you they do, but they won't. They're lying to you. And I'm all about being honest and authentic, but you have to, that's why I said there has to be, you know, looking at the reason it happened. Is there gender remorse and guilt and a commitment? Not, let's face it, not to do it again. And, you know, there's so many different reasons. There's ego. There's you know, afraid of intimacy. There's so many different reasons. And, you know, I tell people, if you're okay sharing somebody or them cheating on you, man or woman, that's, that's fine. That's, it's your life. You get me? And a lot of people, oh, that's wrong. That's whatever. It's not my life. It's yours or the people out there in the world. But look, it has to, you know, 
we have to have some reason what happened. Is it an ego that you always, you're in a, a, you know, you love attention all the time and you can't just say no. Then we have to look at that compulsivity and what we need to put in place. So you stop. And, Thank you for that so much. I mean, it's so important. And I think that, you know, I, it's one of the things I deal with often. I'm sure it's one of the things you deal with often. You know, it's, it's just a hard thing. And I think just giving more helpful tools and information out there because, you know, everybody kind of feels alone in it, even though no one's really alone in it. It no. happens to a lot of people, unfortunately. Many, many, uh, many. I just wanted to get that out there as well. So, ready? In the back of your book, I love this. You say, what can you do, right? This is chapter 23. You talk about men. Uh, you give advice to men and then advice to women, then advice to both. Yeah. Uh, and you say, express your, stop taking her for granted. Express your appreciation and respect for her. Keep kissing her deeply. Keep touching her sensually. Don't stop telling her how much she is adored, loved, and that she is beautiful. And you say, well, I don't mean every day. Hold on, but, I, right? I got to go to the bathroom and take a cold shower now. Hold on, no, <laughs> So I, uh, it's not I'm easy. I'm asking here if they don't really feel that way, if they don't adore her, you know, if they don't really feel all these things, are are you, you know, are you encouraging people to fake it, right? So I've had partners where nope. I don't really feel that way right then, no. and, and maybe one day I do, and one day I don't. And, I don't ever want to fake it. I don't want to work. We're talking, it's a balancing act. And I will never, ever, ever, you talk, you know, thousands of clients over the years, uh, people know I I will never, ever, ever promote people faking it. If you okay. don't feel it, don't say it. If you don't feel it. And that's it, the same in bed, right? Don't do it. But you can still be respectful and everything else, and look at the look at the the root. What happened that you don't adore? I'm not about people giving lip service. On my show, Tanika, you might have heard me say this numerous times. I'm not about people giving lip service. I want the actions to be, in the words, to be authentic and come from the heart. When I meant about, and I, I do, you know, if you can look at the good in your partner. Even little things can go a long way to show that you're paying attention, being present, and that you care. You know what? That's awesome how you handled, you know, the kids and you didn't let it get out of. There's little things you can do that can make each other feel adored and cherished. And it's new things every day. So it doesn't seem stagnant. It's, oh, you're just saying you love me. I don't feel it. Well, what can I do to show you I do love you? And right. you, so we all know there's going to be days where you might not like each other, but we're, we're talking, you know, in, let's face it, the majority of the time, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, sorry, I'm getting interrupted. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I'm almost done with you, Greg, but this has been I feel, amazing. I hope our viewers are getting a lot out of this. I feel um, like a piece of ass. You do said. What? You're almost done with me. I feel like a piece of ass. No, no. Oh, you're not though. Why do you why do you feel that way? How can I make sure you don't feel that oh, God, way? You're, you're talking like a textbook therapist. Knock it off. Be real. I'm not even a therapist. Oh, can you excuse me, please? Thank you. She's like, I want in on this. Mommy, you've been away from me for an hour now. I know. Um it's not easy. Okay, right here. So we talked about um emotional trust a little bit in the beginning. I'm pulling it back around a little bit. Yeah. Uh I'm just going to touch on it because you talk about the big difference in telling 
with your words, right? Lip service. And then they're showing it. And I feel like oftentimes, and this is, I'm just going to throw this out here. You don't have to respond or talk on it, but you can. But so many times, right? The words fall flat and there's no behavior associated or actions associated with the words, right? Like I care about you, but then I'm doing these really shitty things that hurt you. And so it's contradicting. Right. And um, I just feel like that's such an important thing that you talk about both in the beginning and in the end of your book Yeah. to, you know, bring that around. Because as we were talking about, we're not going to have these mind blowing sex lives if the emotional trust and security isn't there. No, it's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if it is going on, it's not going to last. So it's, uh, you're right. It's about looking at, you can say, I love you. I care about you. I adore you. You know, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. You turned it but you're not, you're not touching. You're not kissing me. You're not complimenting me. No affirmations. Those are words. I get that. But you can say, oh, you're beautiful, but then you're not. You can say, right. I adore you. I love you. You're this. Oh, no, I've heard it, right? I And it's not. You're the sexiest thing alive. And then they don't touch the me. They don't try to seduce are, me. They don't want anything to do with me. Yeah. And I'm huge it's awful. the actions. Let's face it. The actions and behaviors got to back up those words. We heard it, right? You know yeah. what? Actions speak louder than words. We've all been around that philosophy and looking at, and if you are using the words and your partner doesn't believe it or feel that way, don't, oh my God, I'm telling you, you don't believe it. Ask. Sorry, I'm going to move. Go ask. Greg, bear with me for one second. I'm going to move because Okay. No, ask them, no, ask them what I can do to show you then. And what I'm doing, if it's not working, teach me what does work. What do you want to know? What do you want to hear? Um, you know, what can I do to show you, I do adore you. I do love you. I do desire you. What can I do to show you that isn't working? Ask. Come from a place, and this is so crucial in any relationship aspect. Come from a place of wanting to learn, gain knowledge, gain insight and awareness. Don't come out of blaming. Don't come across as attacking. Come across as you want to know how you can be a better partner, that type of thing. If you, you know... When I say I love you, you don't feel it. What can I do to show you this? Spend time with me. You know, take me out. Go for a walk. Whatever. Cuddle with me. Whatever it is, okay? Everybody is different. That's why I said, you know, people can read this or learn this. Whatever. You have to do what works for each other. Not what right. you assume all women want or all men want. No. Ask how your partner wants, what they need, what they specifically want from each other and it can be so much easier that doesn't so you just walked me you just walked me into my final question oh um and, and i was really looking forward to asking you this so i've been in a place where i asked my partner you know he kept saying you don't love me and i was like well what can i do to make you feel loved and and the list just kept growing and still it wasn't enough right um and then then we you know i i learned uh years later that it was really uh he has to kind of love himself to, in order to receive my love but i want to ask you this is this is my final question. I want to ask you, uh, after so many years of participating in rejuvenating and revitalizing and seeing it gone, what would you, how would you define love yourself? And then how would you encourage others to find their own definition of love? You know what? This so works for them. You know what? Great question. I used to ask this question to college students and human sexuality, I would ask them to define love to me. Okay. And they would look in the textbook, Google. And I said, put the damn phones down. Don't look in the textbook. 
tell me what it is because I tell people, number one, you can look at what the technical psychobabble is. It's a feeling. Yeah. Well, it's hard to describe. It's a feeling. And love to me, um, if you want to get, okay, personally, we'll talk. It's about me. Love is about being able to laugh and joke around with each other, not getting so defensive, being able to talk about anything, being able to be deep and to share and, you know, wants, needs. Um, if you're hurt, uh, to be compassionate, to understand and actually ask, you know what, what's going on? What happened to you? What, how did this affect you? Um, instead of the blowing up or it's all about you type of thing. Um, it's about, you know, the true essence of a partnership, mind, body, heart, and soul. And, you know, it's just about, you know, it's that vibe you have with each other. It's feeling safe, feeling like, and that doesn't mean you can't, I want someone that um, you can call, I can call your shit out. You can call my shit out. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I want to own what I do and, you know, that you learn and grow together. And you're not afraid of that, that you own your sexuality, you own what you feel and you're not trying to run or hide from it. And it's not, I'm not talking perfection, even though it sounds like it. It's not what I'm talking about. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, And gosh, we went well over an hour. So thank you. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, Anybody that's watching this, I... Go ahead. Go right ahead. Nope, you're fine. I was saying I, I encourage all of our viewers. My phone is blowing up. I'm not usually unable to um, and so going crazy. But I, I want to encourage all of our viewers to grab the book, read it, uh, watch Greg's shows, because I myself, who have been studying relationships and have been practicing and coaching, I gain something from every every single time uh, you know, I've I've watched his lives and a lot of his posts as well as reading the book was really enlightening. And I'm I'm going to look forward to reading it again, a little less rushed this time. I got really excited about it and wanted to interview you. And then um, I rushed through the rest of the book. Um, so I'm going to read it again, but it's got lots of highlights and things because it was just so valuable. And I encourage everybody to check that out. Unique. Thank okay. you, Greg, I'm for your time. Too. I'm very humbled, very flattered. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, talk you soon. deserve all the all the kudos in the um, world. Um, I'm just. I have to get back to real I world. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me interview you on your own show. Thank you. I appreciate you so we'll much. Talk soon Thank again. You. I hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Greg. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now that's a parking spot. Introducing the I may have underestimated the size of my car policy with accident forgiveness from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. Optional policy features not included in base policies. Review policy for coverages and exclusions. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.